Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Colorado Rockies series, which I expected a little more offense from the Astros. But you know what, folks? We can't do it without Tom. Tom, what is up, buddy? Good evening, Rob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Astros did go out and get some some quality runs scored today. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about all things Strohs and some things minor Strohs as I ran into Rob in Sugarland. Oh, yeah. So Tom and I actually got to attend, what was it, yesterday's game? Yes, sir. So the day before I go, Luke Berryhill played the day before I went, and he played today when Jordan played, and that's part of the news, too. So let's get it. First thing on here, Space Cowboys game, Luke Berryhill. I was so excited not only to see Tom, but I was so excited for him to get to meet Luke so that he could, uh, I don't want this to sound bad, but to fall in love with him like I have. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I've never met a more humble professional athlete my entire life. I, I you know, didn't know what to expect. I mean, Rob is as glowingly talked about Luke Berryhill. He's this great young man. He's got great family, great values. And quite frankly, he he absolutely showed every bit of that. The guy did not play yesterday, but was the first guy out of the dugout when the game ended. The Space Cowboys lost and stayed inside autographs for every little kid, every parent, anybody that wanted it until they basically kicked us out of the ballpark. And I mean, you had the entire team not spend two seconds out on that field signing for the kids, which is kind of the, kind of a thing, right? And here's this guy, mild-mannered, soft-spoken, awesome dude, just out there taking care of all the fans. I can't say enough great things. I don't know what, what's going to happen, but I am a huge fan of Luke Berryhill, no matter if it's a Stroh, a Yankee, God forbid, or or anywhere yeah. else. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I mean, he he's, I don't know. I, I like him more than Maldi, I can tell you that. So anyway, he didn't play either game we went to. He played the day before, and he played today in the same starting lineup as Jordan Alvarez, who went one for three with a walk, and he struck out once. Overshined, if that's a word, by Luke Berryhill, played first today. Two for three with a walk, he had an RBI. And he scored three times. He also had a double. Great game by Luke. The game was at 11 today. It was kind of awkward. We still could have went, but we didn't. But uh, I don't know. It was awesome. It's a good thing that you didn't. All the players that got interviewed after the game, to include Jordan and to include uh, Jose Arquiti, who pitched, talked about how incredibly hot it was. <laughs> and I can't imagine watching that game if the guys that are out there playing it are going, man, it's a hot one. Sitting still in it, it's probably not any better. Uh, again, wish you could have saw your guy, our guy, if I can yeah. say that, uh, play. It's awesome that he can play first base. I think it's great to have that flexibility, especially when you start to kind of look at the way the Astros are constructed. Could be potential for him down the line, and I really hope to see him in an Astros uniform. Urquidy went three innings, four hits, two runs, two strikeouts, and a walk. I guess that's okay. I guess it's not. I don't know, but... He's just down there getting work. It's all about development over there. I mean, the Space Cowboys have a pretty bad record. They, I think they won one game I went to. They lost the other, and I think that's the one you went to. But anyway, big news, sir. Chaz McCormick, American League Player of the Week. How big is that? 
absolutely deserved. Chaz has been on fire. He's had a huge, huge, huge road trip. And the, the Astros, quite frankly, needed it. Um, this guy has shown flashes of this in the past, being able to uh, generate power with the home run ball, getting on base a ton. So really happy for Chaz. Of all the, the outfielders, I feel like he gets the least playing time and probably deserves the most. And uh, I've made mention of that plenty of times on the PSF app. If you're ever on a live stream, you'll definitely hear us talk about Chaz, whether he is or in the lineup is or is not. I'm sorry. Right. All right. So we got a two game series against Colorado game one, Hunter Brown, top of the first Alex Bregman, RBI double Duvon scores one to zero Astros. Jazz McCormick, RBI single, brought in Alex Bregman. It's two to zero. And then your boy Yiner Diaz, an RBI double, brings in Chaz, three to zero Astros. Great start to the game, a great start to the series. Absolutely. The Astros were building off some momentum that they got coming off of the series uh, against the Angels. And it, everything started out great. You got early offense. I mean, guys that had been struggling a little bit. Uh, Dubon gets hit by the pitch, which you don't want, but you're you're glad that you got your leadoff man on. Bregman, who scuffled a little bit, got it going in the Angels series. Another another big knock, uh, an RBI double to start it off, and then Chaz just being consistent. And Yiner, man, if if Yiner's in the game, I always feel like it's 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 more potent that offense is just because his bat just is something else. It's it's easy power for Yiner, yeah. and um, it's it's awesome. Yeah, he usually – it does make the lineup look better. I mean, every once in a while, uh, Maldi will show up and, you know, drive in a couple. But, the, I mean, he bats like sixth or seventh. Maldi always bats ninth. So, definitely makes the lineup stronger. But, anyway, we start out great. But the bottom of the first, the Rockies come back. Chris Bryant had a home run. It was a two-run shot, three to two. And the McMahon had a home run. That tied it up at three. So, two home runs given up by Hunter Brown. What did you think about Hunter Brown's outing and what what did you see happen here in the first inning? Because I don't think he allowed any more till the fourth. No, he didn't. And I was encouraged by this outing for Hunter Brown. It, it So Hunter Brown scuffled as of late and hasn't really had the length. And I think this this was one of his longer outings to date. I feel personally, and I, I there are there are numbers to support it, but that he uh, pitches better when Yiner Diaz catches it. Some people are just that way. I know it shouldn't be that way, but there have been pitchers in the past that have had their personal catcher. And it's like, for whatever reason he sets up or his frame or whatever, I just feel more comfortable throwing him the ball than somebody else. And right now to me, again, I may be in the minority in this, but to me, he pitches better to Yiner than Maldi. All right, so in the bottom of the fourth, Tovar had a triple, RBI triple. They made it four to three, and that, my friends, was the final score. Where is the offense in the thin air of Denver, buddy? Where is it? I don't know. It, it's tough. You feel like that's a that should be a place they should be able to do some work. Uh, really unfortunate that the triple was probably more about a misplay on on Jake Myers' part. Uh, he tried to chase it down, ball hits the wall, caroms and rolls around, as opposed to him just playing it off the wall, trying to get it back in. Uh, I don't know. Three runs didn't seem like like that's all they should have got, especially when they had them so early and often. Yeah, they got them all in the first inning, so they go eight runs. 
without scoring any run. Hunter Brown's final line with Yiner catching five and a third, six hits and four runs, zero walks and seven strikeouts. The Achilles heel for him in that game mirrors what happens to JV. Two home runs. Takes the loss. He's six and seven. ERA is four. 26. Stanek, two for three. I mean, two-thirds of an inning. My bad, folks. Two-thirds of an inning. He had two strikeouts. Naris gave up a walk and had a strikeout. And Abreu, a hit and a strikeout. The bullpen, two and two-thirds innings. No run. Great job by the bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen was definitely the silver lining. They got into some trouble. Uh, Stanek was in some trouble a little bit. You know, he's he's starting to get the nickname Panic Stanek around some Twitter circles. And he definitely will cause a little panic from time to time. But he was able to clean it up. Neris looked good. Abreu looked good. Those are things that were a concern, you know, a week and a half ago. So to see the bullpen kind of shored up was was nice. Again, you you hate to take the loss, especially with Texas winning. So you were hoping to gain ground or at least not lose any. And they lost a game on the Rangers. All right, Alex Bregman, two for three. Dubon and Pena. With the only two starters without hits. Astros had three runs on eight hits. Colorado, seven hits and four runs. The Astros had enough guys in scoring position. They were two for 11 with runners in scoring position, and they left seven on base. Let's get to today's game. Brandon Belak. Top of the third, Dubon. RBI single brings in Jake. One to zero. Top of the six, Abreu. RBI single brings in Kyle Tucker. We're up two to zero, still in the sixth. Player of the week in the American League, Chaz McCormick. Two run homer, his 12th homer of the year, brings in a brave, and the Astros are up four to zero after six. Absolutely. This is the offense that you hope to get a little bit more of in the first game. I know it's just one run, but the four seems to be the magic number for the Astros. If they can get to four, the chances of them winning uh, jump exponentially. I think that interesting to note about this lineup, Jeremy Pena returns to the two hole. I want to say I saw a stat and I, I didn't check it, but it was like the Astros are like 47 and nine when Jeremy bats in the two hole. And like, I know maybe it's coincidence or whatever, but that's a big number. Yeah. And to have him at the top. Exactly. So that's something that, I mean, everybody seems to feel, it, you know, that that's kind of where he belongs, along with putting Bregman in the four spot. So, I don't know. It Obviously, he didn't factor into it hugely, but yeah, just the construction of the lineup. Some people are just ultimate creatures of habit, and when you put them in a position where they feel comfortable, they play better. Bottom of the ninth, C.J. Crone had a solo home run. They made it four to one. And that was the final score. Uh, Belak, five and two-thirds inning, one hit. He allowed one hit, zero runs, three walks, and four strikeouts. Picks up the win. He's five and five, three, 46 ERA. Maton, a third of an inning with a strikeout. Montero had a walk and a strikeout. And Panic, causing Stanek, had a strikeout. <laughs> Presley had a strikeout and gave up a home run, but he's been doing pretty good lately. Uh, Abreu, two for four with an RBI. Chaz, two for four with two RBIs. And Jake Myers hasn't been in the starting lineup too much, it doesn't seem like to me. And he went two for four. Uh, Dubon and Kyle Tucker also had hits. Astros, four runs on six hits. Colorado, 
One run on two hits. Great pitching by the Astros today. Three for eight with runners in scoring position. They left five on base. The bullpen only gave up one run, and that was that solo home run off Presley in the uh, bottom of the ninth. Yeah, C.J. Crone has been an Astro killer for a long time. He, he played for the Angels and seemed like he was always doing something. So I'm not surprised to see him get the Astros again. Some players just have great success against certain teams, and I feel like C.J. Crone is one of those for the Astros. Luckily, it didn't end up causing the team to take the loss. Really appreciate the job done by Brandon Belak. That that changeup that he features now is really becoming a weapon, and they're going to need him. They're going to need all these pitchers right now. Barring some sort of trade setup, these guys are going to be counted on to log some serious innings. So anytime you can get you know, that kind of production from Brandon Belak and then consistent production from the bullpen, and then what more can you say about Chaz McCormick? The guy just keeps hitting. Um, his his love for the game is a lot like Yiner. You see him in the clubhouse walking around infectious. I think I saw something on Twitter where he was doing like an interview of Belak before the game. You know, for Fox Sports Southwest, you know, kind of like a fun thing to like lighten it up. And I, I really think that's what the club needs. You know, these these longer days for the team towards the end of the season where it's kind of like it's past the all-star break, but it's not towards the postseason where you really got to keep things light, you know, have fun. I really appreciate guys like Giner, guys like Chaz, even Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu always walks around with a really good mentality, attitude. You know, he's always smiling. So I think those guys are going to be critical for this team to to not get too uh, wound up trying to chase down the Texas Rangers. All right, there was a tweet by Astros Future that I wanted to add to the show. But when you talked about BLAC, I was like, man, I forgot that. But let me see if I can find it while uh, Tom's running things down. This was his tweet six hours ago. The Astros 2017 draft class was stacked with pitching prospects. First rounder, J.B. Bukowska. Second rounder, Corbin Martin. Third rounder, Tyler Ivey. Fourth rounder, Peter Solomon. Seventh rounder, Parker Mashinsky. But the most productive big leaguer has been 11th rounder, Brandon Belak, and that couldn't be more true. It really just goes to show that the scouts that do their work and go out and check all the boxes to make sure that these guys are drafting the best possible dudes round after round, you really can't take a round off because – there are stories like this all the time where you find 11th, 12th, 13th round guys that become all-stars, that become prominent figures of your ball club because they were put in the right situation, drafted by the right team, properly groomed, and brought in to do exactly what Brandon Bielak is doing right now. All right, I spoke about the offense earlier. Uh, seven runs scored against the Rockies, 3.5 runs per game, 28 runs. In the Anaheim series, 9.3 runs a game, a lot of offense. So anyway, let's take a small break, give you time to think about your survivor pick, your players of the series pick, because I know you were busy bowling all night. <laughs> and we'll take a look at the pitching matchups, at least for the first two days, versus the Oakland A's. We'll get Tom's final thoughts, and then we'll take a look at the standings. So anyway, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be right back with more Astros baseball. All right, folks, we are back, and it is time to hand out some hardware. Players of the series. Pitcher, who do you got? Brandon Bielak. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. I forgot my prediction. Uh-huh. Uh, you can still have it. <laughs> two, two for three. Two okay. out of three. 
I don't think we're going to get the Rose right. Okay, that's fair. I think there's a small chance, but <laughs> I think the first two are no-brainers. Pitcher, you have Belak. I also have Belak. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's only a two gamers, so I feel like you either got to dig into the dig into the bullpen, yeah. or you have to uh, pick one of these starters. I'm really encouraged by what Hunter Brown did. I don't want to. I don't want to undersell that. I yeah. know he didn't get the win. I know four runs looks ugly, but in a season where offense is up, and literally this this happened what with maybe three big hits. Yeah. You know, I think he pitched well. So, but but Belak is the guy for me. A one hit over five and a third, huge stuff. All right, position player. Who do you got, buddy? That would be one Chaz McCormick. You can't beat what Chaz is doing right now. I don't care who you are. The guy has just been absolutely fantastic. And it, it couldn't come at a better time. I mean, right now, him, Abreu, Tuck, they've kind of kept the ship afloat. Now Jordan looms and 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 then Altuve shortly thereafter. We start to get the band back together. And let's see what we can do. I also have Chaz. Three hits, three RBIs, including a home run. Great job by Chaz, who was our unanimous Rose winner last week, or last episode, which I was in Sugarland. It was a couple days ago. All right. This is the Coach Rose. I don't think we're going to get it, but I do think there's a chance. I do <laughs> think there's a chance because well, we've already we've already spoke about him on this well, podcast. That- that does not that does not mean I'm picking him. <laughs> I know. All right, who you got for the Rose winner? It was tough. It really was. I, I thought about it. There's a lot of guys that it could that it could go to. Um, I mean, I really think, you know, highly of some of the bullpen guys. Obviously, you you can't not talk about what uh Mauricio Dubon's doing. I, I don't know if he's past the point of Coach Rose, but uh Again, all the dude does is get on base so that guys can drive him in. Well, Bregman the Twitter is... Twitter people voted him player of the midseason. Mm-hmm. And, and rightfully so. You know, Breg, Bregman has done uh, big things. I think he's starting to get right at the right time because he struggled mightily the first half of the season. But the guy for me, and maybe, maybe it's a little bit of a homer thing, maybe not, is Giner Diaz. Yiner Diaz, uh, I I just can't say enough that that I think this guy should play more. I, I know he DHs a lot, but I think he should catch more. And um, obviously his bat is very potent. So for me, Coach Rose, I always I always don't expect him to play. So when he plays, I'm always happy when I get something good. Yiner Diaz. All right, buddy. I'm not going there. I know. I guess if Maldi would have had a hit, I would have gave it to him. But anyway, look, I give it to this guy right here. <laughs> okay, when this guy comes in, I think one of the last few episodes we did, he just pitched horribly. It was when Framber was pitching. So I'm giving it to a bullpen guy. He came in and did horribly, gave up three runs. We were, you know, they had eight runs on us. An inning and two-thirds, no runs, three strikeouts, no hits and no walks. He causes a lot of panic, but he's my Rose winner. That's it. <laughs> Ryan Stanek, my Coach Rose winner for the Colorado Rockies series. Yeah, I definitely thought that Stanek pitched well. Rafael, Rafael Montero had a clean inning. Um, for a lot of people, that's that's Rose-worthy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, 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 no problem with that. 
Yeah, so uh, when me and Tom were sitting there, I don't know why I just thought about it, but uh, Ronel Blanco walked by us, and I go, Blanco, and he waved at me. So that was pretty cool. All right. There was a lot of, like, former major leaguers around, you know, Singleton, uh, well, Tuck, a lot Tucker's of the a, brother, a lot of the guys uh, that the Astros have sent down were were in Sugarland. You yeah. had, like you said, Blanco. We saw Blake Taylor. We saw Matt Gage, Mushinsky, um, Ryan Ryan Bannon. We saw him make an <laughs> error. So. Yeah, a lot of guys that have yeah. been up and got sent back down. They're just sitting there. Yep. Uh, all right, it is time, folks, for Survivor. Tom is currently sitting. At eighteen and six, he picked Washington to win. Washington to win, and they won seven to five. I am fourteen and ten. I picked the Giants to win, and they won four to two. So eighteen and six, fourteen and ten. I have my pick. Do you have yours? I don't, because I'll be honest. I don't know what I got left. <laughs> That's the struggle for me right what? now. What? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've picked all these teams. I'm looking. You know what? The one team I can't, I I have not picked. And you know what? I'll pick them. And they won't win, but I'll pick them. I will take Kansas City and Grinky against Ooh. the Detroit Tigers. I haven't picked them either. That was, that was one of my choices that I had left. I had two choices because there's not a lot of teams playing tomorrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give me Zach Grinky. And I I did not pick a team that I, I think they're going to win. I picked the the lesser of the two evils, and I picked St. Louis, who either has a horrible pitcher or they have a to-be-determined pitcher. I can't even remember. But but they're going against Chicago and Marcus Stroman. Well, it's been updated. It's Steven Matz. And he's, he's 0-7, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a 4. what it was. 8, yeah, he was 0-7 against the guy that I want pitching for our team, Marcus Stroman. <laughs> but it was either him or Kansas City. I mean, I, did, I didn't have any options, you know? So uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Got Kansas City. I got St. Louis. They're right there in Missouri together. So that's pretty good. You are 18-6, and sir. I am 14-10. and 10. I think there's <laughs> six games left. And you're up four. Um, Okay, I'm with that. Don't right, think so, I can mess that up. Yeah. So next up, the Astros go to Oakland to start a series with the uh, with the A's tomorrow. Thursday is JP France. You got to love that four and three with a three point three one ERA, going against Harris, who is two and three with a six point five one ERA. Hopefully, the Astros don't make this guy look like Cy Young. Friday is Framber Valdez, seven and eight with a two point seven six ERA. Not sure if he still holds the uh, ERA lead after he got blew up last outing. And he's taking on Sears, who is one and four with a three point ninety eight ERA. Saturday and Sunday is to be determined for your Houston Astros. I like that we're in Oakland. I like that we're playing the A's, and I like J.P. France and Framber pitching for us. Absolutely. These guys have been workhorses for the team all season long. JP France hasn't missed a beat since uh, Luis Garcia went down or, or I think he stepped in for your, or Keedy. I can't remember which one, but all he's done is pitch. Well, I think he's had a couple games where, you know, he got touched up a little bit, but still that's to be expected for a guy that was pitching in Sugarland, you know, not too long ago. So really hope 
that he gets the run support that I think he doesn't get. And uh, they put, you know, four or five runs on this guy that he's facing and they get off to a good start. When I see how JP France does in the major leagues, I'm thinking, how did anyone in AAA even get a hit on this guy? Like he's yeah. domin- he's dominating major league baseball hitters. And uh, I'd like to look back, see what his stats were. But anyway, we have time for Tom's final thoughts. And then I will take a look at the uh, standings before we go. Well, we talked about Brandon Belak and how he was an 11th round pick. And while we're talking about JP France, because he is, he is a big part of what the Astros are going to do going down the stretch, barring some, some crazy trades. It's interesting to note that JP France was a 14th round selection and uh, he's, he's, becoming a member of this rotation. I think it's really awesome what the Astros have done in the draft. I think when you talk about the draft and look at this year's draft, they signed every one of their picks 20 for 20. And I think that is really hard to do and really amazing considering you got high school guys in there that have college commitments that they turned down to take money to come play for the Astros. So really, really impressive job there. Really excited about the Astros starting to play some of these ball clubs that I think they should take advantage of. Obviously, Colorado was one of them. The split was not ideal, but it's hard to it's hard to sweep teams. It really is. The Astros did win the season series against Colorado, which I think says some things because the Yankees lost their series against them. <laughs> and it's just tough right now. There's a lot of parody in baseball. I think that we have to look at that when we you know, evaluate what the Strohs are doing. I'm excited to see what they do in free agency or the trade market. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think that there's, there's a potential for a big name or two. Some people think it's, there's no way they, they have the prospects to do it, but as the Astros have proven over and over again, they have went out and got pitching. And if that meant trading a top prospect out of their farm system, they did it. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I would definitely. I, I saw a trade with, uh, you know, uh, Gilbert and some other guys. Somebody, somebody asked, "Would you do this?" And it had Yiner Diaz in it, and it was for. I can't even remember who it was for, so I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, and if it is, if it is true, then I would do it. It's a Dylan Cease, Luis Robert trade, and I understand. You know, I'm I'm a huge Yiner Diaz fan. Yeah. But when you're talking about the stud uh, pitcher that Dylan Cease is, and you're, when you're talking about the stud center fielder that Luis Robert is, and then the fact that he's still incredibly young and incredibly cheap, this guy was an amazing, amazing watch in the home run derby for a round before he injured himself. I mean, he's got unbelievable power. So the, the Chicago White Sox are clearly going to be sellers. It's just to what extent. And I think the Astros are going to be monitoring them very closely. And if they can get their hands on either one of those guys, it's going to be a great win for the ball club. Yeah, my answer was uh, yes, I would do it in a heartbeat, but I didn't say that part. But <laughs> it was like, it was like, why? I mean, yes, you would do this, and I wish it was Corey Lee instead of Yonder Diaz. But this would make you one of the top contenders, and even someone on ESPN or Fox or one of those guys. They said the Astros are the team that he thinks is built for October, but you add those two guys. I mean, you are the top contender 
versus keeping three out of these four guys that you don't know are ever going to do anything. They have possibility to do things, but how many other guys have been top-ranked prospects? Fritas Nova, that guy's never made anything. The guy from uh, Alamo Heights, he's never done anything. Forrest Whitley. There's so many people. J.B. Bukaskis, what is he doing? I know he's with Arizona, but is he? I don't know. I, I just, it's, they're just prospects. Yeah, and and I mean, part of that, it's it's a delicate balance, right? Because Kyle Tucker was a prospect, and there was plenty of guys that wanted to trade Kyle Tucker. And can you imagine if they'd have traded Kyle Tucker, he would have looked just as bad as the Dodgers trading Jordan Alvarez, who was a prospect for yeah. a reliever. So there there there's dangers on both sides. However, the two dudes that we're talking about here are very young, very controllable. And I think that Cease was a, a uh, I don't think he won the Cy Young, but he was like a runner up or something yeah. like that. And like I said, Luis Robert, all he does is hit home runs. The guy is a monster and I'd be a for it. And I know Yiner is impressive. I think he's going to be a great catcher in this league, but I know sometimes you got to give up something to get something. And that's, if that's what it would take, we just, glowingly spoke about Luke Berryhill and he's not even the guy that would come up to replace him yet. No. So, I mean, I think if, if, if that's what it took, I would do it as much as I'm a huge fan of Yonder Diaz. Yeah. I mean, like for me, it's, would you rather win the world series this year or at least have a great, cause you got to say, let's win the world series. If we do win the world series, are you going to be here two years from now going, oh, my God, look who he gave up. Look how good they're doing. It's like, yeah, but you won the World Series. I want to say there was a tweet that went out like two years ago or something like that where people were having the same argument. And it was like the greatest treat ever. The guy was just like, look, man, I'm parades over prospects. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it amounts to. If you think that the guys that you're going to go get mean that much to get you over the hump yeah i mean you could be here uh it's either you know win the world series or or be competitive and have your young guys but yeah you know when you're talking about the draft pick signing i was thinking anyone that gets drafted by the astros has to be happy because they showed this chart of homegrown talent and the Astros are at the tip top. The Yankees are at the very bottom. I mean, they develop players. Almost everybody. Who's who on the team? Abreu. Is there anyone else in the starting lineup that's played anywhere else? Ooh. Dubon. But everybody Dubon. else. I, yeah, yeah, but Dubon was nothing. Okay, but he's okay. <laughs> but really, it's like. Maldi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a couple guys but majority of the club to your yeah. point is homegrown tucker yeah. is a homegrown guy whoever they put in center field regardless of who it is is a homegrown guy whoever they put in left field regardless of who it is is a homegrown guy third base is homegrown second base is homegrown shortstop's homegrown so the majority of the club is a homegrown talent brandon belak 11th round jp france what'd you say 14th round mm-hmm. who wouldn't want to come here yeah. I, I mean, it's it's clearly a minor league system that never takes your highly touted guys. Yep. With and you can go at length with uh Framber to Luis Garcia to um 
CJ, all these guys, they weren't touted. They weren't highly ranked prospects. They just go develop them, throw them in there, use what works, and they're effective. If somebody was trying to make a trade with us three years ago and they're like, well, they, they can't take Force Whitley. They can have this J.P. France and this Bayeliak guy. They can have those guys. <laughs> you know, you never know. You never yeah. know. I Braves feel like teams over prospects. I feel like teams are scared of the Astros now. I think <laughs> when the Astros call for a player, they probably are like, "Why do they want them?" and and hang up the phone. Yeah, because so. they'll develop them. All right, so Texas is 58 and 39, folks. They have won six games in a row. They now lead the Astros by four and a half games. The Astros 53 and 43. Uh, LA Angels are nine behind. Seattle's nine and a half behind. Oakland 31 and a half games behind. Seattle's never really threatened to win this division. I know LA has. I mean, they got they got hot for a while. What what have you heard? We got like five minutes left. What have you heard about Otani? The last thing I read is the Angels said, we're not trading him. Yeah, I think the Angels are not trying to actively trade him. I think if he gets traded, it's going to be because they clearly cannot make a run at this thing. They're only a couple games out of the wild card. And I think that is the hope that they're holding on to. And it's tough because they risk losing him for nothing in free agency. But at the same time, can you ever truly get value for him? Probably not. No trade that they would make would come out. It would, it would, it would look like they got fleeced. I mean, there's not enough prospects that you can put in that deal. And yeah, but I mean, if he signs somewhere else next year, they're getting nothing from her. No, you're right. But they have the exclusive ability to negotiate with him now. So you have to know that you can't sign him to trade him. And then you're going to be the team that traded Otani and you're just not going to get value. I mean, I'm not an insider and I don't know anything. This is just 1000% my opinion. He wants to win. Mm -hmm. The angels aren't going to win. They, they know more about baseball than me, but they just cannot put the right team out there to win it all. Can they spend a ton of money on guys that can hit? Yeah. Do these guys get hurt all the time? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, they did a better job of putting the team together this year than they have previously. But if I'm Otani, I want to win. And and you're not going to win there. Yeah, he does want to win. And uh, I think that he's made that painfully clear. The World Baseball Classic really kind of jump-started that whole thing because he had some success. And now he's going to have the ability to choose, I think, where he wants to go. Location, I think, is a big, important key in these things. Obviously, any team that, that's not on one of the coasts could trade for him, but we'll probably have a hard time signing him because I think he wants that availability to, you know, kind of closer to home, I guess, if you will. And we'll just have to see what happens. Obviously, the Dodgers make a lot of sense. The Yankees make a lot of sense. A thing I saw the other day that made a ton of sense to me that I think would never happen is Tampa go out and get him. Tampa's got a farm system from hell, and they are in a spot to add a guy like that. It would. It would. And, and I mean, they could absolutely put together a package to go get him. They've got a ton of young talent. And if I'm the Angels, maybe maybe I hate trading them. 
but at least I'm not trading him, you know, down the street. So I got people wearing Otani jerseys to my ballpark, like an angel or a giant or not angel. I'm sorry, a Dodger or a giant Otani Jersey. That's gotta be worse than anything. (laughs) And then the Yankees, obviously you don't want to, I don't think anybody likes, you know, seeing anybody put on the pinstripes. So I would love to see him go to Tampa if he's got to go anywhere. Yeah. The one thing I'll say, and the last thing I'll say, I think for the Astros, the best place for him to be is with the Angels. Hmm. All right. Well, we are out of time. Uh, I don't know what our schedule is on PSF. Do you? Sunday, 3 o'clock. All right. So I the game's in California, so it's probably pretty late. Will you be up for a Friday night podcast? I can be. I can be. Okay. I just wanted to ask so I could tell everybody we'll be back with a new episode after game two of the Oakland A series. So we'll see you then, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball.